0: what's up everybody it's dan binder boneyard i am back uh sorry for not burning a cast the last couple of weeks it has been uh busy been gone at king of the hammers uh not racing just spectating and having a good time Um, just been a lot going on. So, uh, it's good to be back here in the office and, uh, getting, uh, getting back on these podcasts. So I appreciate everybody that listens and, you know, shares it, likes it, subscribes the fresh Patreon supporters. Uh, that's nice. Appreciate you guys very much. Um, appreciate everybody that's listening and, um, yeah, so uh, it is a chilly morning here in central Oregon. Uh, it was 23 degrees when I woke up this morning, uh, supposed to be, um, like 68, I think for a high today. So, uh, kind of a big swing there. You probably hear the, um, heater running in the background cause the heater runs in the office here. So, uh, yeah it's uh it's chilly but anyways uh today's podcast we're going to talk about the king of the hammers trip so we didn't have a ton of prep to do uh which is weird for us because uh, i usually end up waiting till the last minute and then there's like a million things to do this time uh, we didn't have that problem so uh, the black scout you know which is the crawler, you know, pretty much all tube uh, with some Scout front vendors. It started its life out as a 76 Traveler, uh, 345 automatic. Uh, it's got Dana 44s front and rear with chrome molly axles. Uh, we did change the tailhouse on the 727 to the round pattern Jeep AMC uh, pattern. So we can run a Dana 300 or Atlas or... You know, whatever else, uh, you know, round pattern 23 spline input that we want to run. So, um, yeah, the axles have 427 gears. It's got an aux locker in the back. Uh, it was open in the front. Well, it had a track lock in the front, and we ended up uh, welding the spider gears on that. Uh, that was one of the few things that we did before we left. Um, What else did we do? Oh, wired up some lights, kind of finished out the front end, um, put the headlight, put some lights in the holes where the headlights are supposed to be, put some trim on, uh, cleaned up a few things inside. uh, But otherwise, it was a pretty quick, um, pretty quick deal on the Scout, which is nice. It's nice to have a rig that's already ready to go. You just have to, you know, blow it off and fill it up with gas and away you go, Uh, which is, like I said, it's, um, not, <laughs> not that common for us here, but, uh, anyway, uh, and then, you know, round up the usual camping gear, uh, cause we sleep in the enclosed trailer. So it's better than being out in the weather, but not by much. Um, and then the black truck was ready to go. Also, we redid part of the cooling system, uh, for a little bit more clearance around the differential and what else? Just a few little, little wrap up, you know, constantly cleaning up stuff. Um, So yeah, the black truck was pretty much ready to go as well. So that, that made it easy also. Um, So yeah, so we headed out early Friday morning Um, because it's like 16, almost 17 hours from us to Johnson Valley, California, where they have the King of the Hammers event. If you're not familiar with King of the Hammers, uh, I would recommend you head over to the YouTubes and just, you know, put that in the search bar, King of the Hammers 2021 or now 2022. Um, You'll see... A lot of stuff that's you know desert racing, like uh T1s, some people will call those trophy trucks, uh, class one buggies. They've even added the class 11s, which is the stock Volkswagen bug, uh, that's kind of fun to watch. Um, and then of course the Ultra 4 stuff, you know, the go fast four wheel drive buggies. So, uh, I've been going to this event for years as a spectator. Uh, it's just something i really like this you know it really pushes the envelope of um oh what would you call it technology uh you know you're seeing crazy stuff a lot of really awesome fabrication a lot of neat work that people are doing and it just gives you lots of uh, ideas and and fodder for your own stuff and we uh we look at that stuff and see how we can bring it into you know our business and you know take take it to the next level here uh it's the one thing i don't ever want to get as a as a business is to become stagnant i don't want our newest builds to look like they were done in 1995 uh, you know, you can see that in some other shops out there that, you know, their paint schemes, the way they do their builds, they are, they are stuck and I don't ever want to be that way. You know, I started this kind of down this path in about 2001 and, um, I build stuff that I can still see that I like, will start to do something and I'm like, Ooh, no, that's kind of dated. How is it getting done now? And I change design, you know? So, um, looking at all that, it just, it's nice to stay up on what's current, uh, because you see pictures on the internet and it's just not quite the same. You got to see it in person and see how they're doing what, and be able to wrap your head around stuff. So, um, so yeah, so we headed out Friday morning. Uh, my buddy Blake, uh, he has a Ford pickup and he brought his little, uh, tracker uh, or sidekick it's a sidekick i guess and uh, we headed down through southern oregon into california ran the whole run of california down to Bankersfield, uh, and that's where we stopped for the night um pretty much uneventful i don't think we had any issues at all nothing came up the truck did fine um yeah, the, the black truck only has a 22 gallon fuel tank. So we had to stop about every, you know, 190 miles and, uh, and you can't just stop and get fuel, you know, you try to get fuel and then somebody has got to pee or then you need a snack or you got to check the trailer. And so every fuel stop took, you know, 20 minutes. And so, uh, but other than that got down there, great stayed in a a la quinta hotel right off the highway that had roaches the size of my thumb Um, so that was a neat experience uh, especially because we didn't see the roaches until the next morning (laughs) so i uh, went (laughs) to the bathroom and the towels were still on the floor from the showers the night before kick the towels out of the way and it was a road race. So yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that really made me feel great. Um, not to mention Bakersfield is uh, it's tough to describe that town. Uh, you know, there's some songs about it. Dwight Yoakam loves Bakersfield. Merle Haggard is from Bakersfield. Uh, So, you know, there's history there, but man, that town is getting run down and, uh, and it shows. So we had some, you know, adventures in Bakersfield. Uh, the other thing that's, uh, important to note about Bakersfield is it is at the base of one of the longest, um, grades and passes in California. It is at the base of the Tehachapi um that's just what the name of the climb is called Tehachapi, and <clears throat> so i really try to get out the door early and try to get up that pass while it's still cool out because i have overheated several trucks pulling that grade um, so i just want to get up early so last year we made that climb in the big s 1600 pulling the enclosed with scout on the trailer and whatever and we, it had a, six, nine and a five speed. You know, it was a medium duty truck. So we ended up going up that at about thirty two miles an hour, and it did great. Did not overheat. Didn't do anything weird. You know, that truck was I mean, it was a medium duty truck. So it did what you expected to do. It was slow and it just ran. I wasn't sure what the black truck was gonna do. So we headed out early, full tank of diesel. And I just hit that thing hard and preemptively turned the fans on to help keep the engine as cool as possible before, you know, before it got the chance to get hot. And, uh, we pulled that pass about 48 miles an hour and, uh, truck never got over 190. Uh, so I was extremely pleased with that. Uh, had the power to pull it. I know. 48 doesn't sound like the power to pull, considering these modern, you know, the new super duties have 400 horse and a thousand foot pounds of torque. Uh, so, but for a school bus engine from 1992 in a truck from 1971, I, I am more than happy <laughs> with those numbers. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we scaled about 17.5, if I remember right. So, you know, not light. And that enclosed trailer, uh, it hits a lot of wind. There's uh, it's like dragging a parachute. So, uh, I was really happy with that really happy. So, um, yeah, so the Tehachapi was like the one thing that I was really worried about the most and uh, ended up being something to not worry about. So get over into uh Barstow is the next big town that you come to, uh, when you make that climb. So we stopped in Barstow, topped off the fuel, grabbed some ice, got the last of what we needed. And then we headed south, um, to Lucerne Valley or no, uh, not Lucerne. Ah, I can't remember the name of the town, little town you go through, uh, on your way to the Johnson Valley and you can put it in your Google, uh, Google maps. You can actually Google hammer town, um, uh, and if you, you know, scroll out on your map, you can see it's in the middle of the desert, but it's cool that it has a pin drop there. So you can, uh, you can look that up. But uh, yeah, so the drive-in was fine. Um, got our campsite up on the hill. We camp in kind of the, generally the same place every year up above town, up on the hill hammertown heights they uh refer to it as uh it's nice to be up there it's above the dust sometimes uh definitely not as crowded um if you camp down on the lake bed you have constant traffic blowing past your your camp and it's super dusty and it's flat and it's just annoying so we like being up on the hill and uh, and then it gives you a good view you can spectate look down on everything and and uh we're only about 150 yards from the entrance where the porta potties are so you can get down to use the facilities because we are you know camping in a trailer so it's uh it's nice to be able to get down and and then I love Hammertown it's like uh, i don't know how to describe it you know the event itself is like off-road burning man but the Hammertown experience is like an off-road carnival uh it's just like there's all kinds of vendors and crazy stuff and like i said the parts and the technology and you know the shock vendors you can talk to people from king and fox and bilstein and ads and you know you're actually talking to engineers you talk to vic from advanced adapters you talk you know you talk to guys at trail ready you you mean there's just you get to actually talk to people that are in the industry face to face. And, and it's just neat. It's just something that you don't get to experience anywhere else. And so, uh, you know, it, it was it's one of those events that I just, people are, that come for the first time, you know, they're like, what are we going to do? When are we going wheeling? Where are we going this? What are you doing that? And I'm like, slow your roll. Like, this is my vacation and you came along. And so (laughs) we're going to go wheeling when I want to go wheeling, but I think you need to come down and experience town. And usually they come into hammer town and they start walking around and they're like, Holy shit, there's so much to see. And you know, the joke I always say is that you can't open your eyes big enough. You can't take it all in. Um, and so, you know, I really encourage people to, to come in and enjoy it and look at everything and, and just experience it. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just, that's one of my more favorite things. And then you see like the famous racers and, you know, like Brian Deegan's walking through town or Robbie Gordon is at the King shock booth. And, and like, there's not a line to talk to him or anything. He's just hanging out. Yeah. You just go right up to him and shake his hand and say, Hey, you know, thanks for being cool. And uh you know, so that's it's really fun. So I try and do that a couple different days because there's as the week goes on there's more vendors that show up because we get there on Saturday the before the big race. So the first Saturday is when the T ones and the desert stuff is happening. And then early on in the week is when the UTVs and all the, uh, qualifying races and, and the events like the Holly shootout and that sort of stuff. And then the following Saturday is the big ultra four race that, uh, you know, the reason the whole thing started. So, um, so during the week, the hammer town, the, the, um, Vendor count kind of changes, you know. When you get there on the first Saturday, you've got kind of your anchor vendors. You got Monster and you know Ford was there and, and PCI and all those, all the shock places were there because they've been tuning the trophies and you know that kind of thing. And then as the week goes on, you get more. The smaller vendors come in. Uh, Axial shows up with their little RC car trailer and. All that kind of stuff. So, so it's just an experience. Um, but the other part of why we go is to go wheeling and you cannot get the experience of big rock trails, um, like they'd have in Johnson Valley it's very rare. Um, you know, I know there's big rock trails in the Midwest and South Dakota and places like that, but there's something about Johnson Valley that, uh, these rocks are giant. They're all covered in dust. And it's just, it's an experience that you won't get anywhere else. And so, um, having the welded front end for the first time, um, it, it definitely the scout was more capable for sure uh i hit some lines we did some trails we went up um, jackhammer um, all the way to the top and then turned around and came down jack uh, we would have finished jack except i was having brake problems um at some point the um, proportioning valve had clicked over and had isolated out the front and was really just running on back brakes. And, um, we couldn't get it to reset. We were tried and tried. We ended up replacing a master cylinder even because I had hammered the brakes so hard, trying to get them, get the scout to stop a couple of times that I damaged the master cylinder. And then in that, I also blew out one of the rear wheel cylinders. So uh, like Tuesday, I had to run to um, Lucerne Valley to the Napa and get a master cylinder and uh, and a wheel cylinder. So it was uh, a little bit of work. Um, Steve, Steve uh, came through like always and got the scout put back together. Um, and then we were able to reset that valve. And then uh, we ended up finally having good breaks by the, by the lot, you know, towards the end of the week. But, uh, it's tough. You come down these big rock trails with no breaks and, um, yeah, it, it's a, <laughs> it is a religious experience to put it lightly. Um, and so, you know, the scouts just sprung over on stock leaves. Uh, it's got some heavy duty shackles. I ended up bending, shackles front and rear uh dropping off of some ledges put a dent in the fuel cell uh the drive shaft looks like a barber pole the front drive shaft is a jump rope now um you know just the whole underside of the truck took a massive beating and uh oh uh, one other thing is the driver's side rear axle tube has broke the plug welds out of the casting and the tube itself is actually moving around. Uh, So I had oil, like gear oil coming out of the axle tube um, around the welds and out the end of the tube. So the rear end is done. Uh, So I have a Dana 60 here. I'll probably swap in its place um, and then move the aux locker to the front axle so I can have a selectable locker again. Um, that's always nice to have having a locked in all the time, front axle, it doesn't steer very well. It's hard to get around, especially with the 118 inch wheelbase of a traveler. Uh, you really want to have that open front diff and then lock it in when you need it. So we're going to put that ox on the front and then, um, change up some stuff up there too, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Oh, cause probably have a Rubicon run coming up this summer. Uh, which I'll probably announce more about. um, But yeah, if we do the Rubicon, I definitely want to change or not even change, just fix what's broken and and update what needs to be updated. But uh, yeah, so that was a couple, we ran a couple rock trails. We came down a trail called Nightmare the day before. That was fine. Um, Nothing too terrible there. Um, but with all the mechanical brake issues I was having, we didn't run a ton of rock trails. We did drive around quite a bit, uh, just out in the desert. Um, did some good spectating. So one of the guys in the group was Jeff from IH parts America. He is the owner of IH parts America, his, uh, 51 L series pickup. You may have seen in the ultimate adventure series from, uh, this year or last year, I guess. Um, he was there, and his truck is running, you know, the best of the best 392 Holly fuel injection, NV4500, uh, Atlas transfer case, uh, Pro Rock, uh, Spicer 60s, or not Pro Rock, those are, um, he's running the Spicer brand, um, 60s front and rear, and I can't remember what they call those, but they're the super fancy fabricated 60s. Um, he has ARBs front and rear, and he ended up breaking uh, the ARB line in the differential. Uh, apparently, the gear oil. We we're hypothesizing that the gear oil was cold, and it hooked. It forced the um, copper airline close to the ring gear and it ended up catching the ring gear and then it disconnected it or it broke it uh so he had no front locker uh, for the trip and he definitely struggled getting up some stuff uh he got up to a couple of places where i was and then he ended up turning around because we didn't think that he could make it through some of the notches and stuff that we had gone through Uh, which is probably better because I think he would have caved in his doors, um, getting through some wedges that I got through with some pretty heavy damage. Uh, I dented some roll cage tubes, and I'm not sure his truck would have made it through there without sustaining serious damage. So um, it might've been a little bit of a blessing that that front locker wasn't working, but he was able to get around the rest of the, week just fine uh his truck ran good uh, no mechanical problems on his end at all as far as i know um so it was good for him as his first time being there he got to see kind of what all the hubbub and hype was about and what i was talking to him about you know people think i'm kind of weird when i get all excited about this event but after going and experiencing it um, everyone's always like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to come back next year. And they already start putting a plan together for, you know, what they're going to do and how they're going to shake different things. And, you know, they had rented a motorhome, Uh, so they were pretty good. Um, you know, Blake and his truck, he had a, a, nice, uh, camper pickup camper on his. Uh, so me and Steve were definitely roughing it, sleeping in the trailer on our cots. Uh, and it was cold it was friggin' freezing. It was 20 degrees one night and, uh, you know, I had every blanket that I brought wrapped around me and, you know, it was, I was warm in my, in my sleeping bag, but you know, my face sticking out, it was, uh, it was cold. So we had one of those little Mr. Buddy heaters in there. And, uh, that kind of took the chill off, except that one night, uh, it shut off on us because of low oxygen. It has an oxygen sensor in it and a thing turned off. And <laughs> man. Uh, it was a frustrating because we're freaking freezing, but there's no air for it to run. And so now we're like, well, Jesus, are we going to die in here? What's the, so, you know, it ended up being a cold night. So I think, next year when we go back, uh, we might have a different plan. You know, you start kicking around ideas and, uh, you know, we talked about maybe setting the Metro, uh, we have a, I've got a 55 Metro here. That's real nice. And, you know, it wouldn't take much to put a little furnace in it and uh, some bunks. And, uh, you know, it's a three quarter ton Metro we swap, do an axle swap on it and throw a runner in it and use it to haul, um, haul the rigs down. Uh, you know, totally, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it out of the question, but, um, that would be one thing, you know, pull the enclosed trailer with the Metro and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's camping that, uh, it would go a long ways to adding to the enjoyability of the event for sure. Uh, if you had, a, uh, a warm place to get dressed every morning and, you know, cook your breakfast because I did all the cooking outside, uh, on a table, you know, camp stove and stuff, which isn't bad. I mean, I don't mind doing that at all. It's just so dusty that, you know, everything has to get put away and covered up. And then before you start cooking again the next morning, everything has to get cleaned off. And, uh, so it's definitely a process, but, uh, but yeah, you know, kicking around some ideas on what to change or what to do different next year. And, but we're definitely going back next year. So, you know, if you want to camp around us, um, you know, start planning now and uh, we'll make sure that we save room for you. If you want to be there, but, uh, yeah, so that brings me to next week's topic is going to be suspension and hardcore off-road setup. Uh, because going to these big rock trails, it definitely, uh, you know, it definitely gives you some thoughts on, uh, on your setup and whatnot. So that'll be a good long episode too, I think. So anyway, Appreciate everybody for uh, listening and I appreciate you very much and I love you all. So till next time, uh, Dan from Binder Boneyard.